This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulated and their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Life. Episode 20, The Emperor of Empathy and the Journey Through Splash Pad City. Pass! Pass! I'm open! Porter shouted from the side of the field. He was in the middle of a soccer match, and his team, the Sand Sharks, was down by one goal. The other team, the Sidewinders had outrun them all game and taken the lead thanks to three quick goals scored by their best player, Charles, who happened to be one of Porter's best friends. 
reporter couldn't stand the thought of Charles beating him. Charles always beat him. At video games, sports, on school tests, even at burping contests. But not today. This would be the day that Porter triumphed over his exceptionally athletic friend. His teammate kicked him the ball, and it rolled across the grass, under a defender's legs right to him. Porter dribbled the soccer ball down the field, closing in on the last two sidewinder defenders. As they reached him, he faked left, juggled the ball between his feet, and spun around them, making them bonk into each other head first. For a split second, Porter glanced back at the two kids lying on the ground, rubbing their foreheads, and took great pleasure in their blunder. From the sidelines, he could hear some of the moms chanting his name as they relived their cheerleading glory days. What the? Was that his mom on top of a human pyramid trying to spell his name with her arms? Man, that's embarrassing. Porter looked back at the goal up ahead. The hot summer sun made its white posts glow. Between them, the sidewinder goalie, a monstrosity of a kid, bounced on his toes with his gloved hands held out to his sides. Porter aimed. He kicked. The ball sailed through the air. It was high, but still on target. The goalie jumped for the ball. There was no way he'd reach it. It was too high. The ball was heading for the tippy top of the net. Nobody could possibly... Oh my gosh, he's almost to it! Porter watched in despair as the goalie's massive head stretched up into the air and whacked the ball away. Porter was too stunned to process the fact that the ball was now rocketing back in his direction. Just as the game clock ran out, the ball slammed into his nose and everything went dark. Some time later... When he came to, his friend Charles was standing over him. Dude, are you okay? He asked, handing Porter a wad of napkins from the snack stand. Porter took it and held it to his bloody nose. He could taste the blood in his mouth. That was an amazing kick, Charles said with his hands on his knees. Seriously, it's a miracle Tony blocked it. If his head weren't the size of a beach ball, I'm sure you would have scored. Just stop. Porter said, getting to his feet. You got your win. Go celebrate with your precious fruit snacks. You get fruit snacks too. Go! Porter checked the napkins to see if he'd stopped bleeding. Look, man, I'm sorry you got hurt, Charles said sincerely. You played great out there. Porter scoffed at the compliment as Charles's teammates came running up to congratulate their best player. For the rest of the week, Porter was in a bad mood. He avoided Charles's phone calls when he called to see if Porter could hang out. He even tossed Charles's birthday invitation in the trash when it came in the mail. But his mom dug it out and taped it to the fridge. What's gotten into you? She said. You and Charles are best buds. You're going to that birthday party. Ugh. Porter mumbled and went right back to practicing his soccer kicks in the backyard. Back there, the ball never ricocheted back into his face. It just bounced off the fence and went right back to his feet. He imagined kicking it past that giant goalie to tie the game, and then kicked it against the fence again, picturing this one being the game-winning goal. As it rolled back to him, he sighed. <sighs> 
Why did Charles have to get all the glory? Charles's life is perfect. That evening, when Porter went to take the trash to the road, he saw his neighbor Lola crying on the curb in front of her house. Oh boy, Porter hated being around when other kids cried. He never knew what to do. Awkwardly, he set the trash can down and started to march back to his house. But before he could turn around, he made eye contact with her. Shoot, now he had to say something. What's wrong? he asked uncomfortably. Lola sniffed. Charles didn't invite me to his birthday party, she said, wiping away tears. I kept checking the mail to see if I got an invitation, but it never came and everyone else got theirs already. There was a long, awkward silence as Lola cried into her knees. <laughs> oh, um, well, I uh, gotta go, Porter finally said. Like a robot being jerked around by a remote control, he turned and marched back into his house. That was the last time he thought about Charles, until a few days later when he found himself against his will at Charles's birthday party. There were games and presents, some confetti cake with vanilla ice cream, and a Nerf war. But Porter wasn't enjoying himself. He made sure of that. And of course, every time Charles opened a present, it was a toy that Porter had always wanted. He wished he was the one on that chair tearing through gifts. Why did Charles have to get everything? Why did he get to live in this big house and have a bazillion friends? When they sang happy birthday, Porter mumbled the words and threw in a few blah blahs to emphasize what a lousy time he was having. When Porter's mom picked him up from the party and asked how it went, he just said, Boring. The next day after lunch, Porter's mom suggested they take Jillian, Porter's little sister, to the splash pad. I'm too big for splash pads, Mom, Porter groaned. What am I, two? It'll just be for an hour, his mom assured him. If you come and help watch your sister, we can have popsicles when we get home. Now she was talking. Porter loved popsicles. And he secretly loved splash pads, too. So they hopped in the car and headed to the splash pad. As soon as the car stopped, the door opened and Porter charged for the splash pad like a cheetah chasing its prey. Watch out for your sister, his mom called. Porter had nearly trampled Jillian on his way out of the car. Woo! He cheered as he ran onto the squishy pad. Water shot up out of the holes and arched over him. With his feet over the holes, the shooting water tickled his toes. Weird, colorful noodle things twisted above him and sprayed water out in a thick mist. Porter pretended he was in a whimsical candy forest and that it was raining. Next to him, a couple kids were squirting each other with the mounted water cannons. They were having a grand old time until Porter pushed one of them out of the way, hijacked the cannon and blasted the other kid in the face with water until he ran crying to his mom. Ah, this was the life. Here, at his splash pad kingdom, he ruled. Porter strutted like a peacock back through the little geysers of water, pretending to summon them with his hands every time they shot up out of the ground. After passing the last geyser, he stopped by a big yellow pole. 
He leaned against it and watched his little sister sit on a hole in her swim diaper. She cried as water came shooting up and burst out from under her legs. Porter laughed. He laughed and he laughed and he laughed until kersplash! The big bucket above him tipped, dumping gallons of cold water onto his head and flattening him to the ground. He coughed and shook his head. Whoa, that was cold, he thought, slowly pulling himself up. As the water stopped dripping from his soaked bangs, he looked out. He was no longer standing on a little splash pad. In fact, the whole park was gone. The parking lot was gone. Instead, he saw a long, green splash pad path stretching out in front of him. Along it, countless holes shot jumping geysers of water into the air. People Porter had never seen before, dressed in colorful outfits, walked along the path and were blasted up into the air by the powerful geysers. They flailed and laughed as they soared higher and higher until they came splashing down into glass pools. The balcony pools hung out from immense noodle-shaped buildings that lined the never-ending path. They teetered like taffy under the weight of the jumping people. At their tops, giant flowers drooped over and shadowed parts of the path, showering them in a beautiful mist of warm rain. From the upper windows, people shot heavy water cannons at the buildings across from them. With every pull of the two-handed trigger, thick, rippling cannonballs of water shot out, streaked through the air and splashed against the neighboring building. Sometimes they hit right on target, making someone fall out of a window and land either into another balcony pool or one of the shooting geysers. One woman, Porter saw, took a water ball to the gut and fell from one of the highest windows. Porter gasped. Laughing hysterically, the falling woman landed into a pool below that fed into a giant swirling water slide that carried her quickly but safely back down to the splash pad path. Porter was dumbfounded. Where was he? Was this heaven? The whole city was a splash pad! Porter suddenly felt something strange come over him. As he watched the colorfully dressed people around him have the time of their lives, he could almost feel their joy. He felt lighter, and he couldn't fight back a smile. Um, excuse me, he said, stopping a colorfully dressed girl with pigtails. Can you tell me where I am? The girl giggled. You're in Splash Pad City, silly. She started to skip away, but Porter stopped her. Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on a sec. Where exactly is Splash Pad City? The girl shrugged. I don't know. Porter could tell she was anxious to get back to the fun. His smile faded. Well, do you know how I could get back to Harrisville? The girl shook her head. Never heard of it. But you can always ask the Emperor. If anybody would know, it's him. His palace is at the end of the path. Can I go now? The girl was fidgeting like she had to go to the bathroom. Of course. Like a dog being let off its leash, the girl sprinted down the path, blasted into the air, and did a cannonball into a swaying pool overhead. Woohoo! Splash! Porter looked around. Amazing. He knew he needed to get to the Emperor in order to find his way home, 
but he figured he might as well enjoy himself in the process. Cautiously, he jogged down the splash pad path. Porter wasn't exactly a fan of heights, and the thought of being launched hundreds of feet into the air was mildly terrifying. He stared nervously down at the holes under his running feet. Nothing, 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 nothing. A geyser blasted under his feet and sent him flipping through the air. Whoa! His body tumbled higher and higher until he was nearly level with the raining flower towers. There was a loud kaboom, followed by a splash. A water cannonball slammed into him and sent him flying into a nearby building. It bent like rubber under the impact and then sprang back, launching him at the other building. Splash! He landed in a heated glass-bottom pool on the 30th floor balcony. A hole in its bottom sucked him out and into a tube slide that curved left, right, then left again, then down, and curved up into a loop-de-loop. Finally, the slide leveled out and sent him gracefully gliding back down onto the splash pad path on his bottom. Shallow water sloshed around him. Porter sat there for a second, breathless and soaking wet. That was... Amazing! He jumped up and gave a couple of colorfully dressed strangers a high five. Nice ride, they told him. Wicked jump, said another. Want to race? asked a boy next to the path. Porter looked in front of the boy and saw the most incredible splash pad obstacle course he'd ever seen. It was a complicated jungle gym of inflatable tubes and spraying hoses. Let's do it he said with a grin. The two boys stood side by side in running position. Kaboom! At the sound of the water cannon, they were off. Porter sprinted and dove onto a slippery rubber platform. Gliding along his stomach, he ducked under the flailing, squirting foam noodles above him. They wiggled and sprayed like giant octopus tentacles. The platform pitched down, and Porter found himself sliding down a tunnel into a dark underground pool. Splash! When he surfaced, his mouth gaped at the scene. Splatters of glow-in-the-dark paint covered the ceiling and walls of the dark room. Porter heard his opponent splash down next to him. He dove into the dark, glowing pool and swam for the other end. Halfway there, a giant inflatable sea monster emerged from the water. A powerful burst of water lit by an orange light sprayed at him from its gaping mouth. The burst pushed Porter back a few feet but he dove deep and swam underwater until he reached the monster's rubbery tail. Grabbing hold of it, he climbed along the inflatable spines up onto its back until he reached the head with its glowing blue eyes. Seizing the giant head from behind, he turned it the other way and then jumped out in front of its blast of water. The water propelled him ahead of his opponent all the way to the other side of the pool where he landed right into a tube slide. After a few fast jerks and a couple drops, Porter was launched out the other end and sliding past the finish line. He'd won. Oh man, it felt so good. As his opponent came sliding out behind him, Porter initially felt the temptation to gloat, to rub his victory in the other boy's face. But instead, he remembered what it felt like to lose. 
He remembered wanting to cry after he lost the soccer game to Charles's team. Not wanting the other boy to feel that way, Porter helped the boy to his feet and congratulated him on an amazing effort. Porter couldn't believe what he was saying, but as he said it, it felt good. He could feel the boy's disappointment when he'd lost, and now he could feel his happiness as he was encouraged. Feeling quite pleased with himself, more for the positive interaction rather than the victory, Porter continued down the splash pad path towards the Emperor's palace. Along the way, he saw a little girl crying. It looked as though she'd fallen from one of the pools and hurt herself. Instinctively, Porter almost left her there, not wanting to have an awkward moment standing around not knowing what to say. But instead, he found himself walking up to her. When he looked at the girl, he didn't feel awkward. He felt a sense of understanding and sadness for her. He crouched down next to her and asked if she was okay. I'm okay, I think, the girl replied. Thanks for asking. Can I help you up? Porter offered her a hand. Sure. The girl took it and was pulled to her feet. I've got it from here. Thanks again. No problem, Porter said. The girl stopped crying, and Porter felt warm and happy, like he'd done something good. It was strange. He didn't get any prize or reward for helping her, and yet he felt good, real good. He realized that this is what it felt like when he took the time to imagine how other people are feeling and then try to help them. Just as he was beginning to appreciate the moment, Porter heard someone shout, Oh no, here it comes! Take cover! All around him, the jumping happy people instantly changed into a panicked mob. They ran through the squishy streets, screaming and glancing back. Heart thumping, Porter followed their gaze and saw a giant bucket, the size of a sports arena, tip toward them. A waterfall fell from it and splashed down into the streets, sending people flying. A tidal wave surged high and roared down the street. Desperate and horrified, Porter looked around for something to climb, but there was nothing he could climb fast enough to get to high ground. Instead, he spotted the inflatable door to one of the giant noodle buildings. Pushing through the chaotic crowd, he ran over to it and tore it off its rubbery hinges. As he did, the tidal wave groaned high above him, like a giant transparent tube. Porter jumped onto his inflatable door raft and felt himself being sucked back by the water on the ground. As the wave came crashing into him, he could feel his feet being pulled up above him, and then whoosh! The raft took off with the wave, weaving around poles and buildings and rubber cars. Porter reached out and grabbed onto the hands of the people that reached for him. They caught on and were carried out of harm's way. More and more people grabbed hold of the raft in Porter's outstretched arms. Pretty soon, a chain of people hung from the little raft that was surfing down the street on the massive wave. Finally, the wave slowly died down and the water retreated back into the gutters. One by one, the people let go of Porter and his inflatable door and cheered. Our hero! They cried. The streets filled with applause. Porter didn't know how to react to all the praise. Like a crowd-surfing rock star, he was carried the rest of the way down the path, all the way up to the steps of the Emperor's Palace. 
Porter graciously thanked the crowd and then walked up the inflatable steps. The palace itself was inflatable, like an enormous white birthday bounce castle with turrets and towers. Its tall doors were wide open. Porter walked right in. Hello, he called. Is anybody here? Emperor? His voice echoed in the grand inflatable corridor. Nobody answered. He noticed a lit doorway at the end of the hall. Bouncing on the squishy floor, he leaped down the hall and into the brightly lit room. On the other side was a boy, dressed in a colorful robe, sitting atop a tall inflatable throne. Little geysers jumped into fountains behind him. Porter could hear the hissing sound of big fans that worked tirelessly to keep everything inflated. Charles? Porter said in disbelief. Hey, Porter, Charles said with a friendly wave. You're the emperor of Splash Pat City? Kinda crazy, huh? They made me emperor when I won the Splash Pad Obstacle Course Tournament for the fifth time in a row. Porter shook his head and smiled. Now that he thought about it, he couldn't say he was too surprised to find Charles sitting up there on the throne. Who better to rule the most amazing city in all the... whatever this place was. Porter looked at his friend and at the giant castle around them. I'm happy for you, he said. You deserve it. Charles looked at him surprised. Really? You're not jealous? Nope. Impressed, but not jealous. Congratulations, Charles. Thanks, man. That means a lot. I have to say, though, Porter continued, that giant bucket thing, something's got to be done about that. I mean, come on. Oh, the sky bucket of terror? Yeah, not much I can do about it. It dumps once a day, and we never know exactly when it's going to be. Guess no place is perfect. <laughs> and no one is perfect, Porter added thoughtfully. I'm sorry I've been kind of a jerk lately. You're a good friend. Don't worry about it. Sorry about the bucket. One of the fountains behind Charles blasted high into the air. Charles looked back at it. Looks like it's time for you to go. See you on the outside, brother. Charles tipped his crown at him. Porter scrunched his face. Outside? Suddenly, everything around them whirled together into a bright light that gradually turned into the blazing summer sun above. Porter felt his little sister Jillian's tiny wet hand slapping against his forehead. Po, 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 she chanted with every slap. Porter's mom came running up to him. Oh, honey, are you okay? They put way too much water in those things. Ugh, I'm good, Porter said, getting to his feet. Your poor head is taking a beating this week, his mom said, checking him for new bumps or scratches. Porter looked at his mom and for the first time realized what she was doing. She was being thoughtful and understanding. It was like in some small way she was feeling his pain and was trying to comfort him. He remembered that same feeling back at Splash Pad City. The feeling of being happy for those who were happy and sad and comforting towards those who were suffering. Porter gave his mom a hug. Thanks, Mom. I appreciate it. Porter's mom accepted the hug with surprise. No problem, sweetie. 
Wow, you really did hit your head hard. To help his mom after what he sensed was a long day for, Porter scooped up his little sister and carried her back to the car. On their way there, Porter could hear the screams of children behind him. Startled, he looked back to see the big bucket dump a load of water onto a handful of laughing kids. I think I'll take a break from the bucket for a while, he said, rubbing his head. His mom smiled and opened the car door for him. I think that's probably a good idea. Hey, Mom? Yes? Could you drop me off at Charles's house? Porter's mom smiled. I'd be happy to. Hey, Rocketeers, this is your host, Greg Webb here. I wanted to review this topic because I think it is extremely, extremely important for you to learn at a young age, and that is the life lesson of being empathetic to having empathy. Empathy is kind of a funny word. It basically just means that you have the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person, just like in the story. When Porter saw that little girl who was hurt and he felt sad for her and he went up and comforted her. That was him being empathetic. He was being understanding and sharing those feelings with her and by so doing was able to lift her up and make her feel better. If Porter had just ignored her and walked away or said something that wasn't very nice like, Pop, you should have been more careful. How do you think that would have made that girl feel? She would have felt worse. I can guarantee it. We as Rocketeers need to be more understanding and helpful towards others. When you see your parents struggling in the house, maybe after a hard day, try to recognize that and ask them if you can help in any way. Or if you see a sibling or a friend who's crying because they're hurt or frustrated, go up and ask them if they're okay. Put an arm around them. Give someone who's crying a hug. Try to make them feel better. And it goes the other way, too. When you see somebody who's really happy, maybe they've accomplished something, done a great job on a test in school, or won a soccer game or basketball game, or did a great job at a piano recital, you should feel happy for them. Go up to them and congratulate them and tell them what a great job they've done. Give them a compliment. If you guys learn to be empathetic now, if you learn to be more understanding and sensitive to others, You'll be so far ahead of the game, Rocketeers, I can't even tell you. A lot of adults struggle with this. So I want to challenge you to try to be more understanding of the feelings of those around you and reach out. That's what Rocketeers do. We lift up those around us. A little side note, at the beginning of this story, Porter's friend Charles, who happened to be the emperor of Splash Pad City and the emperor of empathy, he gave Porter a compliment. He could feel that Porter wasn't feeling too good about losing that game. And he told him what a great job he did and told him that he should have made that goal. He gave him a compliment. He was trying to make him feel good. But did Porter accept that compliment very well? No, he didn't. In fact, he was really rude. That's another side lesson that I think we need to learn as Rocketeers is we need to learn to graciously accept a compliment. 
I will be the first to admit I am not always good at accepting a compliment. Sometimes I get uncomfortable from the attention and I don't always know how to react right away. But if you can't think of anything on the spot, simply say thank you and be sincere. That's all you have to do. Say, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And that's really all you need to do. If it's appropriate, you can return the compliment as long as it's sincere and you really mean what you say. Rocketeers, you can do this. Be empathetic. Be understanding of the feelings of others. Uplift each other. Give each other compliments and graciously accept those compliments. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Tell your friends and family about these stories. Don't forget to leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. And if you're looking for a way to support the show, check out the store page on the website at purplerocketpodcast.com. You'll find read-along books to some of the series. You'll find a donation button, and you'll also find a link to buy products from Little Passports. That is an affiliate link, so if you purchase anything from the Little Passports website, any fun gifts for birthdays or Christmas, any holiday, then the Purple Rocket Podcast will get a small percentage of that. So check it out, the purplerocketpodcast.com store. And don't forget, of course, to tune in next time for an all-new episode. Till next time, Rocketeers, this is your host, Greg Webb.